should I say this is um, part year two of my special birthday episode? Yay! Insert applause track here. Thank you. <laughs> Editing over. Gather, gather, And welcome to We're Podding This Together, the podcast where we're super green and I've got a multi-pass. I'm Andoni. I'm Lori. <laughs> sounds so morose. Because I had so many good intro ideas and I think they're better than the one you used. Okay. What, what was the... No, no. It's your birthday episode. You can do what you want to do. It's fine. I mean, you dragged me like four times, but let's start the <laughs> podcast with this energy. Well, I think this is great energy now. <laughs> Oh, are we doing taglines too? Oh, we have to come up with it. Oh, I didn't know that we were doing taglines and... We're doing all of them. Oh, oh yeah. We still need to do the rest part. But... Yeah. What's this? What's this? There's podcasts in the air. Well, because that's Nightmare Before Christmas. This is going yeah. really well. Um, happy, happy birthday from all of you to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, this week, we're watching Fifth Element for Antonio's second annual birthday special. E, to make it rhyme with... From all of you. Oh. <laughs> It's a blessing and a curse because I literally made Andoni. He has to record a podcast tomorrow uh, or Thursday in addition to what we're recording tonight. Mm-hmm. And then he had to take notes for this and I made him do the two truths and I goof. So I just watched the movie and showed up. Yeah. Happy also, birthday. Also, this was your idea to it have was. a birthday episode yeah. for me. So, so I'm not totally a narcissist. Not publicly a narcissist. Not pub- Well, I mean, I have... An- two instagram accounts well what are they what's the one you want our podcasters to follow to see your phallic plants that's not they're a not euphemism all, they're not all phallic it's macaroni and leaves it's i need a better name i think i think it's cute it's cute but maybe i'll make macaroni for my birthday this year <laughs> <laughs> and then dye green so it's like thematic oh oh uh, uh, anyway how would you describe this movie cab driver saves the universe i guess Lilu Dallas saves the universe. Yeah, I guess that's true. It is Lilu Dallas. Lilu Dallas multipass. Lilu Dallas multipass. I'll say French director makes brilliantly funny and beautiful film nerd guys obsess over white jumpsuit for 30 years. Yeah, or by white jumpsuit, do you mean her like bandage? I don't know what to call it. I felt like jumpsuit was adequate. White strappy onesie? Halloween, women's Halloween version of a mummy costume. Ooh, perfect. So what's the actual IMDb? In the colorful future, a cab driver unwittingly becomes the central figure in the search for a legendary cosmic weapon to keep evil and Mr. Zorg at bay. That is not taking into full account some things and then also really upplaying other things that were not as important. I think it's perfect. <laughs> the Because um, I watched this on like Showtime or something. The description on that one was like, unwitting cab driver or like unsuspecting cab driver unwittingly gets roped into saving the world. I was like, that's completely ignoring the fact that he's like a special ops military guy. But I mean, he is a cab driver. Like your past doesn't define you, Andoni. No, but his past was also like- A defining trait of the movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It is literally his whole personality. This whole, like the time frame of this movie is much shorter than I ever realized as a kid. It's like a day. Yeah, 48 hours. And also, like, his military pass was six months ago. Poor guy. He's been through a lot. He really has. But, I mean, that seems like a 
pretty quick rebound. You know, six months and then in 48 hours, you got a whole new life. Why did you pick this movie? It has been one of my favorite movies since I was a child. I am incapable of picking favorite movies. Like if you t- ask me about like my number one favorite movie, I cannot tell you. What's your favorite I, movie? Oh God, probably this one actually. <laughs> but um, I can definitively say this is like top three. Well, let's dive into this universe because it's pretty big apparently. So it like opens in Egypt as all good tales of like archaeology and mythology and stuff do, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy is like trying to translate the runes, ru- rune? runes, 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 but spelled like R-U-N-E-S. Yes. Runes. Runes. Thank you. Well, I mean, the director is French, so I'll assume he'd say it that way. This guy is translating the runes. And um, you know what I realized? What? Luke Perry's in the beginning of this movie. What? Who? Luke Perry Who from uh, the the, sh- the Archie show you guys watch. You kids. <laughs> you kids. What Archie show? The teens show. Riverdale? Yeah. He's the dad. What? I don't know who Luke Perry is. Okay, he was in 90210, but I didn't know if you watched old people stuff. <laughs> I don't. I, I guess, again, oh, it's watched so way good. more TV than I didn't. I don't want to say good, but it's good. Wait, he looks what? like he looks like Bruce Springsteen. He's, I am 9,000 years old. <laughs> he's dead, apparently. Oh, yeah, he died a couple years ago. Oh. But yeah, I didn't realize that was him. So he's deciphering the glyphs and is telling about the ultimate evil and the four elements used to defeat them. Earth, wind, fire, water. Heart. Is oh, that... kind of... I mean... Is that it? Her heart. Her human heart. They pull it out of her. I don't know if she's human. I think she is, because she's like the perfect human or something. Guess so, because... Anyways, so she's not the same species as these aliens that show up are. That look like they're straight out of the Tank Girl movie. Yes. The, I call... It, they, they're like chubby ducks. They have Aww. tiny, like, duck faces and then huge waddling bodies. I really feel bad for the actors that had to get in those suits. They're cute, so I don't hate it. They're dumplings. <laughs> They're dumplings. Oh, my God. Dumplings Spice and the Dumplings. <laughs> They're my backup singers. Oh, you have a lot of backup singers. The ducks show up. They're taking the elements. They, like, kill the professor, which sucks. Um, not Not ideal. Not ideal. So they're coming back. They take the five elements because it's not safe on Earth because there's a war coming. And they'll be back in 300 years. 300 years in the future. Bruce, Bruce Willis. Bruce uh, Willis. Bruce Lillis. Bruce Willis. Something. Um, there's a dark planet forming next to Jupiter. The military, of course, they're like, let's just try and blow it up. And then it's like, nah, dude. And it munches down on them. And then Bruce Willis wakes up from a nightmare. Oh, yeah. The, like, the commander guy bleeds from his the top of his skull like his hairline yeah i don't know what that's about (laughs) why people bleed from the top of their head bad hair plugs when the planet (laughs) when the dark planet is like impending like there's nothing there's no orifices up there no there's not (laughs) i guess the ultimate evil is bad hair plugs bruce willis brooklyn new york because of course um he's quitting smoking he's divorced from his wife he's former military He's a cab driver. He's got a really overbearing mother. And a great cat. And a great cat. That cat is so cute. Mm-hmm. Do we ever learn its name? Mark. You just pulled that one out of the air? No, it's its, it's, its name. Oh, sure. Okay. Mark. His sweetie Mark. His beauty. Adorable I'm trying beauty to wink. Mark. I'm trying to wink. I'm not good at it. Um, is it M-A-R-Q-U-E at least? No, it's M-A-K-R. <laughs> but pronounced <laughs> Mark. Mecca. So the beginning of this movie is like easier to talk about before like before it starts getting chaotic. 
Yeah, it's like pretty chill. It's just like a man kind of down on his luck trying to make ends meet. Yeah, he's just a cab driver. He's I don't know that he's very good at good at it because he's got like not very many points on his license. And he's only been at it for six months. Yeah, that's true. But I guess when you're in the military, what they teach you is just to do everything with kind of like brute force and aggression. Yeah. So we like meet the president of the world, I guess, or maybe the solar system, because it seems like humankind has really spread very far. They're like trying to figure out what's going on with the evil, the dark planet, (laughs) the the new priest for the chubby ducks. (laughs) That's the new ice hockey team is the chubby ducks. The chubby ducks. I Uh, like how your notes here. I'm just going to read it verbatim. Yeah. Ultimate evil coming in 48 hours. The chubby ducks are back. They keep getting attacked by testicles of that. And then it goes to the next line. So there's like this amount of a suspense. Oh, no. Attacked by testicles that look like bulldogs. (laughs) I mean, that's what happens. So the chubby ducks are called the monoshewans. They're like coming back with the stones. And then they get attacked by testicle bulldogs, which are called mangalores. So while looking for stones, they get attacked by stones. (laughs) <laughs> oh my god i had to think about that really hard and they get attacked by the mandalorian yes what's crazy to me is that so that this is in like 20 wait if it's 1914 300 years 2014 2314 20, so many numbers happen it's in 2214 <laughs> which from right now is less than 200 years well the amount yeah. technology has like leapt forward and like expanded is crazy. I'm going to ask a question that's probably stupid if you could pretend that it's not. Sure. Are we closer to 1913 or are we closer to whatever number you just said? Uh, equidistant. Well, no, one has to be closer. To 1813 or 2213? 1913. Oh, right? 19, we're closer to 1913 right now. That's 100 years ago, over 100 years. Yeah. So oh, the other one's like... It was 300 okay. years from that year is when the <laughs> okay. movie takes place. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking 200 for some reason. I'm like, are we right in the middle? The whole thing where it's like, we're currently closer. What was it? Like that 70s show when we watched it in the 90s is now how far away we are from the 90s. Oh, God. One survivor from the crash. Yes. Which is just like a hand. Relatable. <laughs> I'm just a hand. I'm just a hand at a computer. That's all I am. God, that's really depressing. The internet doesn't need much more from you than the ability to type. Even that's like, I mean. (laughs) Okay, the ability to click. There we go. So they think all hope is lost because the people are dead, but then there's the survivor and they're going to revive her, it, the supreme being, them, with crazy cool technology. And I think the the CGI in this was actually, like, it kind of holds up. I had the HD and this whole movie looked amazing. Really? Oh, fuck. I kind of wish. But I was watching it on Showtime. How the hell is that not HD? Um, so amazing CGI. They like revive the supreme being with like crazy stupid science. Memo groups in your DNA. <laughs> it was just very funny. So I guess she is human because he was saying that her DNA is the same as ours. Just better. <laughs> then, yeah, just better. So they wake her up and she escapes. And she's like, she she sees the city and what's become of Earth, which I guess she's probably seen before in the past. Is it like an Avatar situation where she's been like, it'd be like 300 years and then she... I think she's immortal. I don't know, because apparently the ultimate evil comes every 500 years, which is very frequent. Like her body gets re- like re-upped every year or is it like her soul goes to a new body? 
I think it just gets re-upped. Hmm. Maybe. Because originally they take out this thing that looks like a statue, like half statue, half sarcophagus. And I just kind of figured like she's in there. I always thought it was more like an entity that like took a form. For how like sci-fi and deep this movie seems, I don't think it is. Maybe. I think they tried to flesh stuff out a lot in like subtlety. Yeah. She lands in Bruce Willis's taxi. Yeah, she takes a swan dive off the building to escape the police, and she crashes through his taxi. And then he's like, any survivors? And then she like pops up. Yeah, bada-boom, jala-boom. understand that. I only speak English and bad English. Um, He's funny, I like him. Yeah, she's in the thing, the police show up, they're gonna like arrest her, and he decides to, to drive away because she begs him, kind of. She sees there's like a poster in the back of the cab and it says, please help. It's like, there's a little kid on it who looks very sad and she reads, please help. Please help. Mm -hmm. Which I guess as the supreme being, she can like read and learn super quick and stuff. Like she's just kind of awesome. And now they have like a jaunty little police chase. He has no points left basically. (laughs) Yeah, well... Once he gets shot, I think he's got zero points. Yeah. But they escape, and then she, she like, knows... Oh, I keep forgetting that she was, like, conscious and aware before the ship crash, I guess. So she knows, like, who to go to. But they have to go to the, the new priest, which is... What, who's, what's that actor's name? Looking it up right now. He's from Alien. He just died. <laughs> it turns out it's Luke Perry. <laughs> what? <laughs> Ian Holm. Ian Holm. Yes, he's the new... Uh, oh my God, he played Bilbo. Yeah, Bilbo Baggins. And he's um, not Ripley. He's in Alien. He's the robot. Uh, I don't even know how to talk about stuff anymore. Because like now it just starts getting like... Yeah, that leads to the priest, or not the priest, the president deciding they need to recall Dallas into commission basically as a military person because he's very decorated and good at what he does. And also everybody else he worked with is dead. They need to get the stones from someone else that the Chubby Ducks had sent them to. Yeah, it's going to be, for some reason, the opera singer has them. But do we know why the opera singer is going to have them? Like, why the stones are all there? Or are they No, just I guess she's just like, because she's not even the same species of alien, apparently. Yeah, so I, I don't know why, but for some reason, she has them. That's the other thing. This is only 300 years in the future from when the movie starts. And they've made contact with multiple species of aliens and, like, established enough presence in the universe where like aliens are now singing human operas and stuff like it's crazy but yeah for some reason basically the priest telling the president this leads to them saying we need to rig the contest that's going on because we have no power to just send dallas there for some reason and so dallas needs to win the competition to be able to go see the opera singer and get the stones i guess they're just doing it as like a cover kind of like do you need that though like i may like I don't understand. Like, even if it's sold out, if they're just there for the mission, like, you can get more tickets. It's way more suspicious to me to, like, have them be a contest winner because it's getting publicized. Like, his mom knows about it. That's true. And they use his actual name. Yeah. Which I guess they probably really don't hide that your real name if you're just in the military. But if they hadn't done that, then we we wouldn't have gotten any Ruby Rod, who is the shining light and hero of this movie. That was the alternate title for this movie. Ruby Rod. Chris Tucker. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> super green but yeah we, i don't i don't really get all of that but that's where we're at basically this happens multiple times where there's multiple scenes going on where all like three or four scenes happening where all of them have the same end goal or like the same 
mission to try and accomplish and it's like giving us exposition and it's like the president is talking lilu is talking oh that's her name by the way the supreme being is lilu casey didn't know yeah um and some other things happening and they're like give all the exposition stones are here gotta get to the stones we'll figure it out it feels a bit like a video game like not much backstory just kind of like here's what's happening go fix it i could appreciate it as like a yeah no that totally makes sense telling device because like in video games you're always like the dragonborn or the one who has to do the mission and that's dallas you don't really have a reason to like ask why you're just kind of okay this is what i'm doing now and that's very much what he does yeah uh we meet zorg who's kind of one of the bad guys i want his hat the like hair the, the green the, the, cre- the clear plastic thing yeah okay you just gotta shave your hair that you've been growing for three years i'm so tempted just get a ball cap and then like just cut a little slit there and pull a little bit of hair out. <laughs> Gross. Just like the ugliest drag king. It's art. It's art. Look it up. A-R-T in case you didn't know. <laughs> no, I was going to say it's O-R-T. It's art. <laughs> <laughs> it's like not even good enough looking to be art. They're like, no, it's not. It's art. Thing. He's meeting with the bulldogs. Lily knows where the stones are. They don't have the stones. Zorg's not happy. Like then the president, blah, blah, blah. It's like everything's happening all at once. All these storylines. Oh, and, like, Corbin is tied to Zorg because, like, Zorg owns the taxi company that he works for. So he gets fired, and then he, like, wins the contest. Zorg is really just, like, a Silicon Market hustle company owner, like a startup owner. He's, like, Jeff Bezos or something. Yeah, it seems like their company owns everything. Yeah. Taxi cabs, weapons manufacturing, spaceships. Yeah, but so Bruce took her to the priest that she knows to go to. So him and her are separated at this point. So in his head, he's like dealt with that over going to go chill and get some Chinese food at my like drive through apartment window. I love that idea. It's really cool. It's really cool. And I also like that his this guy's like flying ship is kind of like rickety and old and shitty. Mm -hmm. Honestly, it's the coolest one of the bunch. And there's I like the dialogue exchange here where it's like food truck owner is trying to convince Corbin to read the notice that he's gotten because here nobody has cell phones or anything yet. It's all bank tubes basically. The note pops down while he's eating and he doesn't want to open it at first because the last messages he got were something bad, his wife leaving him. Oh, it was his a message from his lawyer that his wife was leaving him and then a message from his wife that she was leaving him to be with the lawyer or something like yeah. that. So we didn't want it. He, he doesn't read mail because it's never good news. Yeah. I don't get why all the mail is printed on clear acetate or whatever, you know, like Canadian overhead, money. <laughs> yeah. Overhead projector sheets. You remember those? Yeah. Like everything's printed on those things. And I don't get why. It's just futuristic. It's It's lightweight. So it goes down the tubes easier. I'll accept it. It's pretty good. Anyway, I like that exchange. (laughs) And then the news guy. Well, there was something, I don't know. For some reason, I like that exchange, but I didn't write about it because I was watching this from the bathtub. Oh, how luxurious. Right? Uh, In HD. (laughs) Who am I? The the guy says, if it's good news, you pay for lunch. If it's bad news, lunch is on the house. And I like that deal. And I think that's a good way to like push him to face his fears or face stuff that he's avoiding. And then it's bad news. He's fired. He's lost all of his points. And he's like, well, at least I didn't get to pay for lunch. And the the food truck owner's like, that's a good way. Put a positive from a negative. I like it. Yeah. Oh, I remember. He's like, uh, his grandfather say it doesn't rain every day. This has got to be good news. And then it's not. Yeah. (laughs) Except for you. Sorry, sir. Yeah, sorry about it. But also if I'm sitting there eating and I get a text message and I look like I'm avoiding it and then all of a sudden the person who owns the food place is like, 
hey, it looks like you're bummed out. Maybe you should read it. Here's a deal. Like, who, why, why? Please don't. Yeah, you don't know me that well. I mean, you're in my home right now because that's how food trucks work in this universe, but you don't know me. I wonder if it's more expensive to get food from those food trucks, like if they're coming to you. I wonder, in my head, it was something because I thought about it, like you would schedule a time. That's the only way there's no grocery stores because everything else came through the bank tubes inside of his house. Right. You can schedule a time to eat through those food trucks maybe so they have like a set schedule where they're just going to different people's houses i don't know i like the idea of someone showing up to my house and cooking food in front of my window it's nice yeah but also then do you clean i feel like i'd ha- i feel like i have no to clean. he gave the bowls and stuff back to the guy no, i mean like clean my house like when you have company oh well that place is very small and the bed made itself so i feel like everything is just self-cleaning you would i i would find a way to make it not clean <laughs> oh me too. Do you know how many plants I could jam into that little spot? A disgusting amount. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Succulent spice is not appreciated. So Zorg meets with Zorg meets with the the frog versions of the kangaroos and tank girl. What? Nothing. Oh. The bulldogs. <laughs> the bulldogs. Yeah. Um, and then they get like blown up because he doesn't tell them about the fancy new gun self destruct thing, and then that mm-hmm. sets them on a path of um, revenge. And that's the short version of that. Yeah. Does he meet with the priest? No, that's whatever. He meets with the priest at some point, and then the priest is just like, yeah, you're just a bad guy. Fuck off, dude. He wins the competition, and the military people show up. They show up to like try and get him to go on the mission. I love the military people. There's always three of them. Uh-huh. The, they all look very silly. I don't really have much to say about them because you just have to see them to know how silly they are. Yeah, well, because they're always in like, I don't even know how to describe it. They seem like the, you know, in older cartoons where they're, it's like black and white and they're like, huh, 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 and they like come in and like save somebody on the weird like paper, like cloth stretcher and then like go or off. Anything? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, that's what they remind me of. Yeah, because they're all wearing berets and like fancy jackets. I get it. Then like Lilo and the priest show up because they hear about the contest and they're like trying to take the tickets. And then the police show up because Zorg's guy like called in a false tip to have him arrested. So like it's all just getting very confusing. And very and, like, dramatic. The military has made a lot of issues for him by rigging the contest and like making it a public thing that he's the winner yeah just his mom calls and she's like i was in labor for 18 hours and you're just gonna leave me here to freeze in the middle of nowhere it's a prize for two you don't have a wife anymore take me with you yeah oh she's on the moon is what she says on yeah. the surface which is kind of cool diva uh, playa play play it plava plava laguna as the stones oh that was a while ago it was but um, we kind of went back a that's little true bit. we did she's the stones She's on Floston. Oh, the problem. You were talking, it was a problem that the military guys knew the name. And then I interrupted to talk about his mom. By rigging the competition, like they really made it an issue because it's like public knowledge now. So that's why the Zorg guy is after him. And then the testicle bulldogs are after him because they're trying to get revenge on Zorg. So they're just trying to like trip him up. Like this poor guy just has so much shit piling on top of him. It's just like raining down on him. It literally fell into his taxi. Literally, yeah. He's the chosen one, I guess. Somehow, I don't know who switches his nameplate on his door, but like the police arrest the wrong guy. So I just assume it was the priest who did that. I don't know why he did it. Yeah, because the priest and Lilu show up to like take the tickets. And they do. And then 
like after bashing him over the head with one of his statues, which sucks. Yeah, he's like, uh, oh, because he's making him coffee, so he has his back turned. He's like, oh, it must you must get very tired being a priest, or he asks something very polite, and then just gets knocked out. Yeah. Oh, you must drink a lot of coffee being a priest. What does that even mean? Oh, yeah, that's what it was. I remember it was something weird. I don't. I don't know. I think he's just trying to make conversation in any way that he can. Yeah. But he has no idea what to talk about. Like this, it just keeps on kind of happening where there's a lot of storylines like intermingling into one because then there everyone's at the airport and there's a younger priest oh his like assistant yeah his like acolyte maybe uh he's supposed to take corbin's place and like as him with lilu and then corbin shows up and then <laughs> this is the lilu dallas multipass part yeah she knows it's a multipass because yeah she's his plus one now oh and there's the part where the so they get through they get through and then the aliens show up because they can like shape shift kind of Mm -hmm. which we had Um, set up earlier because one of them was like pretending to be a human and zorg was like don't be ashamed of yourself i hate the costume things be yourself yeah so they show up and then like that plan gets foiled and then later on zorg's guy shows up and the 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 flight attendant lady she's like she's just had enough of it at this point she's like listen you're not getting on this flight goodbye Mm -hmm. also everyone is space british it doesn't matter because now this is like the best part of the movie. We get introduced to Mr. Ruby Rod. The best character. The best character. He is loud. He's effervescent. He is mean. Uh, <laughs> mean. He's flirtatious. He's the definition prince. of a diva. He is a diva. He's like a caricature of Prince. Okay. Because he like dresses what is traditionally considered effeminately or femininely. But then he is still laying down that mojo on the ladies. The whole Ruby Rod stuff is iconic. He's just, he's so over the top. And the other thing is that he's a radio DJ. So I think it's really funny that radio is what has apparently survived 200 years into the future. As is a it like TV radio maybe? I don't think so. Just voices. Just voices. Because I guess TV radio would just be TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, unless they broadcast it over radio waves which wouldn't work i don't think Anyways. it's just sirius xm he's yeah. howard stern <laughs> i mean it's a shame that it's not tv because he's so like physical in his his radio show portrayal stuff you know yeah super green super green super green and it's blast off time and this is another one of those like everything's happening at once he's doing his uh <clears throat> extracurriculars oral sex maybe with his hair <laughs> <laughs> with his large cylindrical hair he has the same taste in hairstyles that andoni has in plants oh honestly i would shots fired get a plant like that i mean you do i would get a bust of ruby rod in my house and then no have have it as the 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 planter my god that would be incredible or just like a vase yes 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 oh my god that's when like for your birthday i just send you like a shittily made play-doh like planter and you're just like thank you i can totally use this (laughs) that would be precious i'm still waiting on that uh three foot tall monster plant how are you feeling about turning 40 because that's when it's gonna happen (laughs) oh god 40 is definitely queer dead yeah sorry i was gonna help but (laughs) (laughs) you mean help by making me feel worse about it help by digging your grave (laughs) oh thanks at least i don't have to do it on my own yeah. Completely. Uh, they fly to Floston. Uh, Corbin, I forgot his name for staff to say Bruce. Like things really start to happen very quickly now. It's not a long movie. It's an hour and forty minutes. 
it feels longer not in a bad way it just there's a lot there's a lot that goes on they really pack a lot in there and like to me what seems like a lot of world building diva looks like a hazmat beekeeper she does I love being that level of celebrity that you're like, don't look at me. And you just have, like, it was a completely uncovered, like, robe thing and then just, like, people. Right. Why do I feel like Trixie Mattel would start wearing that to the, like, MVP parts of their shows? I mean, I would do that if I was a famous drag queen. But it's like the hair gives her away. Yeah. Oh, I wonder who that blue-robed tall cone is wandering around. That Katya keeps hitting. Like, who could that possibly be? <laughs> Katya just keeps grabbing and zapping. (laughs) Don't touch me. So Corbin loses track of Lilu and she's like waiting for the diva. And this is another scene where Zorg starts bleeding from his head. Like why does everyone bleed from their head? Well, his is because of the cap. Yeah, but it's because the ultimate evil calls him. And also they decide to name the ultimate evil Mr. Shadow. I dig it. His first name is Mark. No, isn't Mark the cat? uh, The cat's named after Mr. Shadow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mark and Mark Shadow. <laughs> Mark Shadow is a really good name, actually. It's very like George Glass. George. George Tropicana. Oh, we should put that on the list of movies we want to watch. Diva The Bulldogs are back. Yes. And it's more Ruby Rod time because it's time for the concert. He's doing his little radio show. I like how he keeps going. Corbin, how are you? Are you here? You're so excited. I'm so excited. Do you have anything to say? How you be Corbin? fine <laughs> it's so good because he's not even like reverb. he's not even overwhelmed he's just kind of like sure <laughs> well he's completely nonplussed about it because he's like done missions where he saves the world and kills that foreign does. infiltrators probably or something i don't know in my head his military experience is just Kiefer Th- sutherland in 24 never seen that either eh. so it's time for the concert and it's beautiful it's a space opera in a space opera oh my god you're right. My mind is blown. Anyways, it's time for the concert, which is one of my favorite scenes in the movie because it's like classical beauty and art and then butt kicking breakdown with kind of like techno pop. It's very French. It's oh, it's so French. There's no way to describe it. It's almost as difficult to talk about just this one scene as the whole movie because this movie is tough to talk about. Hip hop electro opera breakdown while Lilu breaks down the bulldogs faces this the song won eurovision 2229 oh my god incredible was it sung by the diva yes that's where she got her start that i can believe that i have an important question do you think that the whole part of her was just her skin or like her body or do you think she was wearing a dress i thought the same thing because it's all skin colored it's all skin colored it's all very thick material like very thick quality vinyl. Yeah. But yeah, I thought the same thing because like everything is the same color, but the dress looks separate from their being. Well, and then everything goes to shit and like the diva gets shot. And bleeds and blue and cries blue. She bleeds and cries blue. And I'm convinced that the whole thing is part of her because he like later on just does some nasty ass hand surgery and just like digs into her mm. tummy dress area <laughs> and like rips the stones out of her. Surprise. So... Yeah. How how did they get in there? <laughs> I don't know. Everybody else thinks they're in boxes also. Like Zorg tried to steal a box that Lilu had and she just kind of throws it out. She's like, sucker. Yeah, and then he shoots her to like to clean up the mess kind of. Mm-hmm. But why don't people open boxes right when they get them? Yeah, like I'm going, I got 
a curbside order the other day, as soon as they bring it out, you check it. You don't drive away before knowing that what you wanted is in the thing. I mean, I'm bad about that. Okay, well, then like, you've, we answered, you've answered your question. We got sushi delivered, but this place has also never done us wrong. If it's a new place, I will check the bag. But they also usually drive away before you even have time to check the bag. You know well, I mean? I, yeah, fair. But like I'm saying, when you physically go to a place, you check before you leave. Oh, so if you order like a curbside pickup thing. Literally what I said. Oh, sorry. I heard, <laughs> no, you're like, fine. All I heard was curbside and just assumed it was drop-off delivery. Check your boxes, kids. That's advice from a 30-year-old. You've got a few more days before you have to say that. That's true. It snuck up on me so quick. I thought I had like two or three more weeks. I mean, nobody has to know your real birthday. Whatever you put on Facebook is truth. Gaslight your mother and tell her that your birthday's in a month. (laughs) (laughs) Corbin pulls the stones out of her and then he starts kicking ass. Like he's shooting them. They're shooting back. Ruby is screaming at the top of his lungs. And he's still broadcasting this whole time. He's broadcasting this gunfight on the radio across the universe. He gives me vibes of a TikTok star. Like, he would be the one having parties right now where the city of LA is like, we're turning off your power because you won't stop having parties during COVID. Maybe. I feel like he's selfish enough that it would prevent him from having other people around. No, I think it would be like, look how amazing I am. Come to my house and party because I'm amazing. Rules don't apply to me. Really? I would have thought he was like a Jeffree Star type where he's like super extravagant and has like all these assistants to do everything for him. And then he'll just like wallow in his hardship in his mansion okay yeah he would do an apology video on a golden couch and a robe yeah this, it's so hard to talk about this movie and we've been doing it for two hours ends the man- mandalorians they find <laughs> priest don Vito and lilu and there's a bomb and it's time to go see everything just starts happening really quickly yeah so chris tucker ruby rhodes is the one who looks over and sees there's like a timer ticking down on the door it's like hey what's all this about that zorg had put there yeah and then zorg left and like with the box that he hadn't even opened yet idiot poser you can tell he's rich and like doesn't have to deal with picking up his own orders usually which is funny because he's like you want something done do it yourself that's how rich people think they think that all of their money's from them when really it's their workers oh god don't get me started. How weirded out were you when you realized that was Gary Oldman? I've, I saw this movie for the first time five years ago or something. And by then I already was like, oh, that's serious Black. Like I knew going in. I could not tell that, that was him if just like by looking at him. That's his thing though. He's very transformative. Yeah. Yeah. The only character that I can think of that is similar to this one is a real weird one. It's his character from um, Hannibal, the sequel to Silence of the Lambs. Haven't seen it. Oh, He's in it and he's wearing like full prosthesis, prosthetic. And that's how you knew it was him when that was happening? No, because he does the same voice. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Which is weird that that's how I, voices is how I tend to recognize actors and actresses. They escape the ship explosion. The dark planet starts speeding towards earth. They have to get back in time. And then Lilu decides to start continuing her education um, on the ship and decides that now's the time to learn about war. So she sees what humanity's done and gets sad about protecting them, kind of. Well, I, well, I guess the advent of war technology really did make things speed up and get really horrible really quickly. Mm-hmm. She sees the atom bomb. Yeah, if if the ultimate evil comes every five hundred years, again, very frequent. 
then that's like a pretty short span of time geologically but in terms of humanity like a lot of shit happens yeah she gets sad i think that's kind of where she's like there's no love to protect here because it's all war yeah i think that's the deeper meaning of this movie is that like love and peace maybe so yeah she's lost hope they get to the temple they got to figure out how to like it's it's just like tension after tension after tension in the last like 10 minutes because are they going to get there in time how are they going to work the weapon where do they put the stones how do they open the stones well they figure it all out i mean it's really lucky that zorg shot diva because that helped get the stones because like if diva weren't dying would he have done that yeah how would she have got would she have pooped him out <laughs> they're just like the next scene is just corbin waiting outside the bathroom <laughs> you know or like she's laying the eggs somewhere oh Egg laying scares me. <laughs> and then to open them, she just has to sit on them for a while. And they're like, we're really cutting it close here. Yeah, we've got 23 hours left. How long is this going to take? Yeah. So they got to open the stones. Corbin's smoking habit to the rescue. He's got one match left. It's very stressful. And then he's got to also, like, he does everything. He figures out how the stones match up. He figures out how to open them. He does the opening. He has to restore her faith. I don't know. It, it sucks that they had, like, this super powerful female hero and they're like she needs a man to love her that's what so he has to teach her that like love makes things worth saving and worth living for i really wish it because they he tries to kiss her at one point and she like puts a gun to his head like she's she's the ultimate being but for a human she's like very vulnerable and naive and yeah she's like a child yeah and so like one part that kind of made me sad is like we're this far into the future but when a woman's like scantily clad like men lose their shit like we can't move past that even though it's a billion years in the future whatever but at the end when they kiss because he's shown her that he loves her and that the world is worth saving it could have just been like a platonic love it was weird to me that they kissed i didn't like that right it could have just been like them hugging and i get that the movie was in 1997 and it's sci-fi and like but ideally in my head that's how the movie ends yeah and well the other thing is that they really have not spent any time together no so this is not love this is just uh lust like, because in my head, I was like, what if she was not conventionally super hot? Does the world just get destroyed because he doesn't want to kiss her? I don't know that she, well, I guess she is hot. They they definitely have made her into like a sexual object with all those outfits. Like she's wearing freaking band-aids yeah. across her titties. Basically. And there's like a weird like brief second where you see her nips. Yes. If he didn't want to kiss her at the end, would she have not felt that she was loved? That's true. Yeah. Like I said, he's not in love with her. He's in lust with her. Mm-hmm. But he kisses her and... She's like, that did it. And then blast the blab, pan it with that love juice. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, and no. And then the next thing they're getting like revived because maybe they died. Who knows? Too much love juice. <laughs> Too much love juice. But then they're actually getting it on. And then that's the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. That was a weird movie to dissect. I think we had a lot of critiques and criticisms, but it did not at all detract for my love of the movie at all. I feel like it did for this viewing, but when I watch it again next time, I'll be like, oh, this is pretty. Yeah, it's very aesthetically pleasing. I think all the special effects really hold up. And I think it's a good balance of sci-fi and action and comedy. Every time it gets too serious, there's a goof. Yeah, I think the time, I just think it's a really good movie. The timing in the movie is really good. The cinematography is really good because it portrays a lot of a lot of what it needs to, especially in the scenes with Ruby Rod. Like the way that they do like the close-ups and stuff and kind of like fish eye on him mm -hmm. really adds a lot to it. And as much as I was hung up on it, not having a lot of established lore, I think it's kind of better for it. 
Yeah. I, like I said, I think they, you have to really be paying attention, but they drop lore in the background or in like little snippets on the screen and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's the movie. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to me. Do you have any wisdom? Wait, before. Do you have any wisdom now that we've completed? I mean, your birthday isn't for a couple of days, but we all truly know that you don't have a birthday until the end of your birthday podcast. Right. So now that you're in your like 30-year-old mindset, do you have any wisdom to impart onto us? I've got some wisdom to share with you. (laughs) Dearly beloved. Dearly beloved. Always keep Gatorade in the house because your hangovers are going to get worse. You know, just like... I know it's really cliche, but just kind of don't worry about what other people think about you. The best advice that I think I've ever gotten was in passing on a YouTube video from a drag queen. Once you stop judging other people, you will stop judging yourself. And like, you will feel that other people have stopped judging you. Who was that? Courtney Act. She's like too pretty to also be a good person. She's everything. Um, so now, as my birthday gift to you, if you would try to stump me with two truths and a goof. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Let me just cover up this this uh, webcam. Although I have a poker face. Okay, are you ready for two truths and a goof? Born ready. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, number one. Mila, the, these are their real names. L- Mila, Basin, and Willis, meaning Mila Jovovich, Luke Basin, and Bruce Willis. I could have just said that. <laughs> Uh, practiced the divine language together during pre and during filming. Uh, Luke Besson originally wrote the screenplay when he was in middle school, or it was originally meant to be a trilogy. Oh boy. Oh, actually, I fucked that up. Those two of those are goofs, and one of them. <laughs> oh God. So the last, the last, the first one and the last one were fake. False. The last two. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, so I fucked it up. I forgot that I wrote one of them as a as a goof, and then I read one of them as a goof as well. What? <laughs> I wrote one of them down, like, okay. already false. Normally what I do is I write three truths, and then I change one of them when I'm reading them off. Okay. But what I did this time is I wrote one of them with a lie in it already, and then as I was reading one of the other ones, I, like, put a oh. lie in there, too. Okay. So I was right. <laughs> sure. You could have said anything <laughs> at this point. Uh, the, the, the truth was it was originally meant to be a trilogy. That's so, true? Yeah. So that makes more sense now why there wasn't like a ton of backstory and stuff. Okay. But in... I'm so glad he didn't write this in middle school. <laughs> no, he wrote it in high school. Uh, and then I said that Mila, based on... An, Willis practiced it, the language, but it was just Mila and the director. Yeah, I don't feel like Bruce would be that proactive. (laughs) No, also there was no need for him because he didn't even bother speaking it at all. I feel like a lot of actors would be like, I want to know, but I don't see that for him. No, me either. So that's the movie. Yeah, would you watch this again? And would you recommend it? If so, to whom? I definitely will. And I would recommend it if people want like, what does this feel like? I thought of it earlier. It feels a lot like Romeo plus Juliet. Which you haven't seen, so. (laughs) Add that to the whatever month. Okay, Moulin Rouge, have you seen that? Yes. Uh, That's by the same director of Romeo plus Juliet. Do you think that Moulin Rouge and this feel kind of similar where it's like, bah, 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 and like music and bright and just kind of like everywhere? Yeah, I could see that because there are interjected like very serious times, high energy injected in there. And then there's also elements of 
cartoon, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Even down to kind of like the side effects. Because when she's fighting the people, she does like a cartoon slap across his face. And yeah. he makes like the sound. Obviously, I would watch it again. I've watched it many times. And I would recommend it to a lot of people. If you like sci-fi, if you like kind of artsy films, because this apparently opened the Cannes Film Festival for that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you... If you're gay. <laughs> <laughs> or think you might be gay. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Andoni, if people want to get a hold of us, where should they shoot a message through our tubes to? Well, let me tell you, they don't need a multi-pass to drop into our social media. Ooh. They can uh, light speed on over to Twitter at Together, on Facebook at facebook.com slash Together, or um, would you call it AirTube directly into our inbox? on gmail at podmistogether at gmail.com and please like and rate like and rate are they the same thing do stuff on itunes yeah or or spotify or google podcasts or what's the other one we're on anchor fm now oh i don't know what that is 